0: C.P.A. and C.F.P. Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for Your Money and Your Life. Hello and welcome into another edition of Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and C.F.P. at Donald W. Cash and Associates with an office in Red Bank serving you here in the area. Check us out online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Or as always, if you've got some questions or concerns, you need a little bit of help, you wanna ask uh, some things that are maybe on your top of your mind when it comes to your retirement plans, give Don a call at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. We appreciate your time here on the podcast. And Don, my friend, welcome in. How are you this week?
1: Mark, great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking and hope that it's been a pleasant week for you overall. And uh, I'm excited to be here doing the podcast today.
1: Yeah, actually, it's been a good week. Finally, the weather's changing. And it seems like uh, once we hit around Memorial Day, a switch goes off. (laughs) Summer starts and we are off to the races in the heat and humidity.
0: Yeah, that is for sure. It's never summer until June 21st officially, but I think most people consider Memorial Day weekend kind of the kickoff to summer. And I think the weather kind of sometimes officially considers that the kickoff to summer as well. It seems like it gets hotter and hotter every year, depending on you know the time frame. But I want to get into our program this week. I got some stuff I want to talk with you about. You know, We just finished May, to your point, and with the major U.S. stock
1: indexes, they fell more than 6%. That's a lot. What's been going on, Don? Well, we have a a lot going on as usual. There's never any shortage for news, correct, right, Mark? That's correct. So a few things that are going on. One, of course, it seems like uh, we've been dealing with this for a while. It's the rising trade and tariff tensions. How's that for alliteration? Uh, Trade (laughs) and tariff tensions. Say that six times fast. I was going to write something about that that says something to the order of, Trump tweets tariff tensions and trade. That sounds like (laughs) I think it might be kind of catchy, right? Very catchy. And the tweets never stop. So now it's not just about China, which uh, everyone's been reading about. It's applying tariffs against Mexico to stem the tide of illegal immigration. So that's a a different path that just came out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're talking about 5% occurring relatively soon, rising to 25% by October and that's on top of the 25% that they have been talking about on over 200 billion dollars of chinese goods so that's something that the mexico perspective is new and it certainly it causes anxiety in in the markets it's something that's a twist and we don't know if that's going to have any kind of a definite effect on a 10 year expansion we're in the midst of it's you know the longest we've had on record since the the 1990s so it increases this risk of recession because of that the treasury rate yields have dropped to just over two percent on on a 10-year treasury which is quite low it's the largest one month drop in over four years you know the good side of that is for anyone shopping for a mortgage they're noticing that mortgage rates have dropped. So that's the positive end of interest rates dropping, but it does indicate a level of underlying fear about potential recession in the future. And now out of the blue, it seems like over the past few days, as we record this, Congress and as well as the feds, the antitrust agencies announced that they're going to start cracking down on the likes of Google and apple and facebook and netflix for some possible practices that might restrain trade and, and there are a lot of those companies already in hot water with a breach of privacy issues so they had it was a big drop in, the, in those stock prices after the announcement and ironically a lot of those companies they call them the fang stocks have you ever heard that term mark fang stocks? yeah
0: the fang stocks mm-hmm. the uh facebook mm-hmm. apple netflix google yep
1: that's right so those stocks alone account for i think 40% of the of Ooh, the s&p yeah. 500 so when there's any kind of heavy action against just those four out of, or four or five really, out of 500, it can have a major impact on stock indices. So that's what is in the news lately.
0: Well, you know, that's a lot, right, Don? I mean, so as you mentioned, you know, we've had all this activity going on. You've got the China thing, the Mexico thing stemming up, and that's before we even get to Brexit. I mean, is it, ah. it's on again, off again? What's going on there, you think?
1: Well, Brexit is something that just keeps on dragging on. So just to give you a, a little recap on that, the, historically, the referendum was passed very narrowly. Three years it's been already, June in two, of 2016. So it was something like a, a 52 to 48% margin for the UK to leave the European Union. And the European Union itself... Is 28 countries that really want a, a single market, right, and a single set of rules. They want to be something like the United States is now, but more like a confederation of countries. But they just can't figure out how to get this done, right? So how does the UK maintain trade and uh, financial ties and keep sovereignty over citizenship and th- issues like that? So right now, after a series of extension after extension, the Brexit is slated to occur. The British exit of the European Union is slated to occur on October 31st, Halloween. How's that? Of this <laughs> year.
0: What a great day to pick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Might be scary. Might be. Uh, prime Minister Theresa May is will be out very soon. I believe it's June 7th. And there's going to be a new prime minister in her place certainly before October 31st. But here's the lesson in all this. And it reminds me of something that I heard um, recently when someone asked JP Morgan, the wealthiest man in in the world many years ago, what the stock market is going to do, whether it's going to go up or down. You know what he said? It's going to (laughs) vary. So, you know, that is the lesson. We have to have some perspective here when we see so many of these issues in the news.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think a a level of perspective is definitely healthy. But when you're talking about the news, Don, I mean, it's daily. And we know that I think at this point in uh, our civilization, our culture, we realize that we're going to get bombarded daily. And so, I mean, I don't know. What's some good things to do to maybe not wear this on our sleeves so much and be affected all the time?
1: Well, here's the fact. The stock market reacts to news right right news is unpredictable Uh, therefore the stock market itself is unpredictable it just stands to to reason as a point of logic the four most dangerous words with investing according to john templeton famous investor is quote unquote this time it's different right people Mm -hmm. want to act they think it's different this time right now it's brexit or it's trade it's tariffs you know, in the past, it was something else that was causing people to act. It was the real estate correction or interest rates going up or stagflation. Of course, we had to deal with the Iraqi war invasion and the dot-com <laughs> a bust. And we can go through cycles going back 80 or 90 years. People want to act or better stated, Mark, what they do, they react. Very true. Yeah. Uh, and what And what investors want often from either themselves or what they're looking for on on TV with financial media or their advisor, they want a prediction. The problem is that nobody can predict the future. And if they try to manage money that way, they often fail terribly. And it reminds me of... A chart that I, I saw very recently, and I, you know I'm kind of a geek about reading <laughs> and podcasts. We've talked about that in the past. So this was a great chart I read about market timing, and it was really cool because it talked about missing out on the best days of the market. Over the past twenty years, I I think this chart was from 1998 to 2017. So it was it was a twenty-year chart, and it showed that over five thousand stock market days. So it's five thousand days in the stock market over twenty years. The return, the indice return, was seven percent, okay, per year on average. Okay, but here's the amazing thing: if you missed just the 20 biggest days of that 20-year period, your return goes to 1%. (laughs) Okay, so just 20 days out of 5,000 days were the biggest days of the stock market. So on a a million-dollar investment portfolio, that's $60,000 a year because someone might be timing the market poorly and not only do you have to time when to sell you have to time when to buy back in if that's your philosophy timing the market so you know this past week was a good example last week the market was down four or five hundred points in one day and lo and behold the first part of June on Tuesday, was up 500 points, so out of the blue. And no one is predicting on Monday, oh, Tuesday is going to be a good day, we should buy on Monday. (laughs) So these days, they come out of nowhere. And if you're doing, if the question is, what do we do? You know, and then that's the typical question. People wanna do, 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 they wanna act. I think Warren Buffett said it best, And he said, the most important quality for an investor is temperament, not intellect. And that, another quote was, much success can be attributed to inactivity, not activity. Most investors cannot resist the temptation to constantly buy and sell. So here's what we do. Follow some simple rules. Own equities, stocks diversify meaning don't put your eggs in one basket and rebalance and simply don't freak out over short-term performance simply get a plan and stick to it if you have a plan and that plan accounts for volatility ups and downs and shows that you won't run out of money then you're not going to really have as much of a problem sweating The ups and downs the volatility and get caught up in the news so that's the advice have a plan stick to it stick with the rules and we've talked about this in the past the rules are simple it's much like the rules of dieting right you eat less and move more simple but hard to do the rules of investing are also simple buy low sell high own equities diversify rebalance but with the immediate bombardment we have nowadays, it's becoming increasingly difficult to do. So that is why you uh, typically need a good coach, a good, um, a good coach when it comes to dieting and exercise. And the same holds true, I believe, for investing and financial and retirement planning.
0: No, I definitely agree with you there. And I like the way you you did that little analogy. A lot of news, a lot of information out there, that's for sure. And so it can be a little overwhelming. And, of course, that's one of the reasons we do the podcast here. You're listening to Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. And it's time for the Cash Connection. And we're going to take an email question that has come into the program. And that's at donaldcash.com. And uh, it's from uh, Terrence. Terrence is in Monroe and he says don my dad is in his 90s and his health is starting to decline would it be wise for him to start gifting money to me and my sister while he's still alive so that we don't have to deal with so much estate tax we've also talked about him talked with him excuse me about signing over his house to us
1: well this is becoming an increasingly common question and a really increasingly common problem with people even at older ages, Mark. So this question is from a gentleman in Monroe mm-hmm, and his right. dad's in his 90s. So I don't know the details behind it. I even looked into the, the situation in depth, but he may be in his 60s himself. And That's true, uh, this yeah. is something that I've seen quite a bit lately where People are in their 60s or 70s with parents in their 90s. Children could be in their 40s and grandchildren in their teens or 20s. So there's a lot going on and there's a a lot of anxiety at that point. So I don't know if his dad, if Terrence's dad has long-term care insurance. I'm assuming not. But if he doesn't, it's difficult for one to gift money in time at that age to be able to avoid having to spend down those savings in a nursing home. A lot of the rules have changed over the years when it comes to gifting money. And the thinking was, Mark, that if someone gifts their money to their children, the children own the savings and investments, or even the house in this case, if dad needs a nursing home, that he can apply for government benefits in the form of Medicaid and Medicaid would pay the bills in the nursing home the family would keep the money in this case it's becoming or in many cases becoming more difficult because there is a five-year look back rule on the medicaid application and that often becomes the biggest hurdle meaning dad might be 94 gift money to the kids and when he's 95 or 96 need care And the transfer would be ineffectuated because dad might need care within that five-year window. So the bottom line is if one doesn't have long-term care insurance and dad is in their 90s, it's going to be very difficult to be able to transfer money to the next generation and have Medicaid be what pays for the nursing home bills. Now, that being said, of course, you should speak to an attorney that specializes in elder care to go through your specific situation. I'll be happy to refer you to one in the area that can help out. The other thing that I see in relation to that phone call is something you really have to think carefully about is gifting a home. That opens up a lot of potential tax disadvantages when it comes to capital gains. So that's another issue that should be addressed with a seasoned elder care attorney, Mark. And I think, again, it's becoming an increasingly difficult issue for people. I can tell you what's going on. You know, personally, in my family, what has gone on? My dad needed long-term care for many, many years. My father-in-law did as well. We have some family members that are facing this issue right now. The thinking in the past has been, "Well, dad can live with us in the family, and we can take care of him." Uh, it usually does not work out that way, or the, it doesn't work out well. It becomes a real strain, physically, emotionally, on the marriage, and on the individual who wants to take care of mom or dad. So I always suggest that if you are in your fifties or sixties, think ahead, make sure that you're not putting your, that kind of a burden on your children and that for as long as possible, you can maintain independence, stay in your own home, be financially secure and get the very best health care possible. So that's my suggestion when it comes to someone who's, looking into a situation like that with dad is think about themselves and make sure that they're house is in order, so to speak.
0: Well, great question. Thank you so much for submitting that into the program at donaldcash.com. And uh, Don, let's finish up this uh, podcast this week. And just uh, on a little different note here, let's do a little uh, getting to know you a little bit better. You know, you mentioned on prior podcasts that in your spare time, you listen to a lot of other podcasts and read a lot. So what's the most inspiring podcast or, or article maybe that you've come across here recently?
1: Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Patio, getting back to the podcast, I've really become something of a podcast addict <laughs> now with uh, YouTube and with uh, with Bluetooth. And I, I've even purchased a new phone a couple of days ago. So I think it's going to get worse. I'm trying to <laughs> limit it, but I'm trying to keep it positive and making sure that I'm listening to things that are edifying. But you know, one thing that jumps out is something I read, which it's going to sound very freaky, and it was freaky to me. And this was actually something I didn't read myself, but a client showed me this. Maybe a week or two ago, I started getting calls from clients and even a colleague asking if I was okay.
0: Well, interesting.
1: Okay. And, I, and I said, strange. Why, why are people calling asking if I was okay about my health? And they were asking if uh, either myself or my wife could call back. So spoke to the client and he mentioned to me, he read an article in the New York Times like a day or two prior that a man died on Mount Everest and his name is Donald cash. Oh,
0: that's right. I did see that. Yeah. Wow. Is that strange? That is strange.
1: So this gentleman, same name as me. And strangely enough, about the same age as myself, didn't live in New Jersey, lived somewhere else, but he had four kids, two boys, two girls like myself and my wife. And he died on Mount Everest. So, I, I, of course, I googled the story, went to read more, and read the story. And I, you know, I found it to be, even though I initially I found it to be strange, and my wife found it to be kind of strange as well and a little creepy. But I thought it was really inspiring because, you know, the guy uh, had a lot of courage. He quit his job to—I uh, guess he was financially secure enough to do that. And his goal was to climb the highest peak of every mountain in all seven continents of the world. How about that for a life goal?
0: Yeah, it's impressive.
1: So he uh, actually did it. He climbed the highest mountain of every mountain peak in, in all seven continents. And he got to the top of Mount Everest. He got to the very top and died of a heart attack. They think he—that's what he succumbed to. So he did ultimately not make it back back home. But I found the story to be inspiring in, in terms of his uh, desire, his uh, ambitious goals. His family were behind him, which was important. It didn't seem like they were, you know, of course, certainly they were upset, but they were behind his life goals and mission. And he was pretty audacious about that goal. So I thought that was, it was really initially disconcerting to see your name in the paper in that regard, but it was quite inspiring. And, um, you know, it's a a story I'm going to certainly keep in mind.
0: No, I think it's definitely interesting, obviously, the weird part of having the same name, but I kind of agree with you. Kudos to the gentleman for embracing life and taking on those challenges and enjoying himself, even if in the end it uh, didn't turn out the way, obviously, his family and himself would have wanted. He was chasing those passions and living life to its fullest. Well, with that, I think we're going to say goodbye this week here on the podcast. Don, thanks so much for your time here on Your Money and Your Life I appreciate you being here. As always, folks, if you have some questions or concerns, reach out to Don. Give him a jingle at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. He's a CPA and a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, at Donald W. Cash & Associates with his office in Red Bank. Uh, It's right there off of uh, Garden State Parkway, exit 109. And you can also check us out online at donaldcash.com. Don, thanks for your time, my friend. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Mark. You too. And we'll see you next time right here on Your Money. And your life. Bye-bye. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash and Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.